if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock on this Wednesday, the 22nd morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. A little reminder here for those who uh, missed it yesterday or the announcement online. Uh, I will be speaking tonight at the uh, Cuyahoga Valley Republicans Club meeting. Uh, that'll be at 7 o'clock at the Brexville Community Center. So if you want to come out, uh, we'll have a long Q&A session as well. We're going to address a lot of issues facing this country right now. The Cuyahoga uh, Valley Republican meeting tonight at the Brexville Community Center at 7 o'clock. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, I always look forward to talking to this guy. He is a senior columnist at townhall.com. He's a Los Angeles-based trial attorney. He's also a retired Army colonel. His name is Kurt Schlichter. He's also a regular fill-in now as am I, on the Hugh Hewitt program. He's uh, really, really getting his radio chops as well. Kurt Schlichter joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Kurt, how are you, sir? Hey, thanks for saying a standard that I won't meet. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, hey, Kurt, Kurt, listen, my friend, I, I know I asked you yesterday to talk about the um, uh, the adversity scores, your article that you wrote about the adversity score and also about socialism, four in ten Americans. But I'm going to hit probably a wide variety of targets here with you, if that's all right, during the time we have, because there's a lot going on. And uh, sure. I would love your perspective on all of them. But we'll start. Uh, the article you wrote, I was actually talking with uh, uh, Peter Kersenow yesterday, who wrote his own piece on the adversity score that the College Board is using for National Review. And I quoted some of yours to him, which he absolutely loved, that you wrote for Town Hall. Uh, why don't you thumbnail sketch this for us? What exactly is the college board trying to do by way of tilting the scales for people on their SAT tests based on uh, the kind of lives they've lived? Well, they're, <laughs> what they're trying to do is ensure that the elite has a complete control over who gets into the universities, which are the gateway, which have become the gateways to the elite. Uh, see, they don't want the kind of kids that maybe I would have, maybe you would have, maybe your listeners would have getting in, because we'll come in with bad ideas about things like freedom and America and not being a bunch of commie punks. It's just another lie. It's just another scam. It's Because, frankly, the only way that you know, normal Americans, you're, you, me, the people listening, and our kids, are ever going to get access to these... Uh, uh, institutions is through a merit system. 
because otherwise we'll be selected out. I mean, right on your thing, what's the most important thing in your life? Well, Jesus is the most important thing in my life. <laughs> Circular file, you're out. You know, um, you know, uh, son of a middle manager, son of a uh, daughter of a soldier, uh, these people aren't wanted. What are wanted? Oh, you're a diversity consultant. Uh, your mom's a diversity consultant. You're in. Ah, father, a, uh, you know, a, a lawyer for uh, uh, criminals. Ah, you're in. It's so obvious and so obnoxious. And we've got to stop tolerating this. I refuse to be a second-class citizen in my own country. I helped build this country. I built company. Uh, I've defended this country in war. And I'm not about to get in the back of the line behind a bunch of kale-grazing, goateed-having hipster jerks. It's not going to happen. This is my country. It's your country. It's the country of all our listeners. And I'm not going to be a second-class citizen, ever. That's unacceptable, meaning I won't accept it. And, and the we, irony of all of that, Kurt, the irony of all of that is they would argue, no, what they're trying to do is to pre- prevent these people, these kids who have had mothers in jail or have had a lot of uh, free lunches at their school. And all this, There's 15 different factors that, uh, that add up to your adversity score as far as how much they're going to give you extra weight on your SAT score. They would say they're trying to prevent those kids from being second-class citizens because, uh, be you know, because you're, you're privileged. I'm privileged. Our listeners are privileged. Privileged. You, you know what? You know what privilege is. Privilege is me working harder and smarter than other people. Privilege is me making better choices. Privilege is me doing three jobs. I don't. But 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not explaining myself. I don't have to justify my right to participate fully in this society or my kids. I'm not explaining anything, and I'm not giving a reason why we shouldn't do this. I feel like, though, Kurt, what's one of the problems for us is, and tell me if you disagree, but I feel like we almost have to explain it, and we almost no. have to explain. No. It, well, well no. the reason why is because, because there are there are some easily manipulated people. If we don't respond, then they just accept the allegations of our privilege at face value and say, "Yeah," unless we say, "No, no." Here's why. Nah, no, because stupid people can't be convinced. Now, keep in mind, I'm a trial lawyer. I convince people for a living. Yeah. I only, first of all, I only argue when people are giving me money to argue. Second of all, I don't bother arguing to stupid people. What I have to do is force my way through. And that's what we have to do here. No, there is no situation where I'm going to allow our garbage ruling class to handpick its uh, uh, future members. Okay. I'm just, it's just not going to happen. And our Republicans need to get on board. I don't understand for the life of me why you have morons like uh, uh, Senator Burr, you know, subpoenaing Don Jr. about something that's been discredited months ago by their liberals' own hero. And, and, and they're not calling the SAT people up to Capitol Hill to publicly flay them for this transparent attempt to uh, create bias against normal Americans. Well, can they call them to Capitol Hill if they don't sure. if they don't control the House, if they don't control any well, of the committees that would... Uh, Senate. 
Well, yeah, they could do it in the Senate. Yeah, and and, yeah, and you're, it's, it's a great point. And we should be winning back Asian Americans because this is this is partially aimed at Asian Americans because Asian Americans, uh, according to liberals and the weird hierarchy of uh, uh, kinko racist moron rankings, uh, are are somehow not considered diverse, probably because they you know work really hard and study really hard and achieve a whole lot and don't need the government. Uh, unfortunately, many Asian Americans still vote Democrat. I have no idea why. Uh, but it's an attack on them. And this is a chance to show Republicans, hey, the Democrats who are taking your votes for granted are going to screw you over for constituencies they like better. Come to us where you will be treated equally to everyone else. Right. Where merit will matter. And if Harvard is 100% Asian, then Harvard will be 100% Asian. And if Harvard wants to discriminate, it can do it without any federal money. Kurt, let me uh, let me move on because, like I said, there's a lot of targets I want to hit here. Very great points on this uh, diversity score, otherwise called an adversity score, and I think we know what it means. Uh, yeah, but I want to talk to you about scam, like everything else the liberals do. You're right, it does. And I want to talk to you about the Gallup poll that came out this week, which just uh, wow. Um, we, we've we've listened to Bernie Sanders now on the national level for roughly three years, including his campaign going into the 2016 election, maybe a little bit more. We've listened to Alexandria Kelly Bundy Cortez uh, for the last six months or so. Uh, we've heard about the Green New Deal. We have exposed it for all of its insanity, and we have watched Venezuela burn. And yet Gallup found that four in ten, actually a little more, 43% of Americans believe that socialism would be a good thing to bring into the United States. Kurt, I'm almost at a loss. I know you're not. What do you say? Well, a lot of people are stupid and evil. Remember, everyone who embraces socialism imagines themselves as part of the nomenclatura, the, the, the rulers. There's no socialist who goes, yeah, I want to be part of a socialist workers republic, and I'm going to be one of the guys who picks up the garbage. Now, 43% of people are not going to be in charge of stuff. So they're, they, they, they would be in for a, a, a rude awakening. But I'm not worried about socialism. Not at all. Because there's two possible outcomes. I live as a free American citizen, or I die on a pile of hot brass. I will never be part of a socialist government because I will be dead first before that ever happens. So I'm kind of I'm kind of at peace with the whole thing. If they want a revolution, have your revolution. You know, you 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 vinyl loving pork pie hat wearing hipster jerks. If you want to do it, put on some Kevlar, lock and load, and let's make this happen. I have spent I'm an kind of thinking amount though, of my life cleaning up after socialism, from being in the Cold War in West Germany to serving in uh, Kosovo, uh, former Yugoslavia, to serving in Ukraine. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, and, of course, my wife is an escapee from socialism. She escaped from Cuba, where her grandfather was jailed for a couple of decades for liking freedom. So, you know, my feeling is socialism is not a viable option uh, for a world that includes me or millions of other patriots. So, uh, I, Kurt, let me let me jump in to say this though. I, I get all of that, uh, but I don't get the feeling that you have any intentions on dying soon. So you're saying you're at peace with it because well, it, it'll either, I'm not, I'm not I'll either be dead or we won't have socialism. So considering, oh. I don't think you don't want to die.
Oh, I, I have no intention. I have no intention of dying. <laughs> but I also have no intention of living as a slave, which is what you do under socialism. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, every single time. And look, I think there are a lot of stupid people around, and I think there are a lot of evil people around. And socialism is the ideology of the greedy, the envious, envious, and the murderous. And I. You know, I, I look at a place called like California, where I live, and it's flirting with socialism. It's also flirting with typhus. Uh, <laughs> yes, have, it is. We have, yeah, we have giant piles of garbage, uh, which is what you want to walk on, because otherwise you're going to be work, walking on human waste. You know, or, or, or getting or getting needles stuck in your feet, or getting needles stuck in your feet. Yeah. This is socialism. A uh, uh, and of course, I, I write about this stuff in my books, you know, People's Republic and my other novels. Uh, I, I write about American Split in two, and I show exactly what would happen. And, you know, I wrote People's Republic like three years ago now, and it's literally coming true. Right down to the adversity score, I have something like that in it. And I would sit there and I would write this, I go, oh, this seems kind of crazy. I don't want people to think I'm like stupid, but I'll write it because, you know, let's just write it. And then the then this stuff comes true. Of course, books sell like hotcakes, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I think people are getting woke. People are getting, you know, uh, yeah, 43% of the Americans right kind of woke socialism, but that, that kind of leaves, you know, 50, you know, 57% of the rest of us going, nah. <laughs> well, but still, for the fact that it's not, you know, 1 in 10 as opposed to 4 in 10 is very troubling to me. Two other quick ones. Uh, Don McGahn won't testify. Bill Barr Good. won't testify before the Good. House Judiciary Committee because they wanted to change the rules on him. Um, and, and all of the, I agree good. I say good as well, but the left says, aha, now Nancy has a reason, that. now Nancy has a reason to meet with the others in her caucus to discuss this morning him. impeachment. Impeach the president now. Come on! Okay. What are you waiting for? Are you scared? Come on, Nancy, you big talker from Feces City. Come on. Come on and impeach him. What are you scared? Throw him in the briar patch. You're tough. Come on, Nancy. Impeach him. Let's do it. I, you know, I, I, go for it. Go for it. I want this fight. I want this fight. Impeach him. Come on. You haven't done anything. You've had the House, and you've done literally nothing except whine about the fact that people rejected your skanky candidate in 2016. Why do you want this fight, Kurt? Why do you want this fight? Given the fact that they, they well, we'll win it by stopping it in the Senate, it. yes. But, I mean, here's yeah, my problem, though. If they spend the next two years or the well, next 18 months on impeachment proceedings, well, how does the president campaign? How do we, you know what I mean? Because we're talking about a second term well, here. Well, first of soon. all, he ignores them like he's doing now. Second of all, he goes out and does rallies. Third of all, he appoints judge after judge after judge, which he's being a little slow about. If I was the president, I would have my counsel, and I'd say, Monday you're going to have a list of 40 new judges. So order some Chinese food. Here's a menu, because you're not going home, because you've got a lot of work to do. Get them, get me the names, get them up to uh, uh, McConnell, and let's get them through. There are some positive steps there. The uh, ninth is apparently and reportedly on the verge of being flipped from its normal circle I, look, of hell I, I, I into, uh, in into an actual... Circuit. Yeah, I, I argued in front of the Ninth Circuit twice in the last uh, few years. And, uh, but, you know, 
a very liberal court, or was. It was. That's right. It's, it's in the process of being remade, though, and that's something that, uh, obviously, you're right, we need to make sure there is a time limit on all this. The president does need to act soon. Kurt Schlichter, uh, whose book, his most recent book, is Militant Normals. You need to get it, and you also need to read all of his great work uh, by way of commentary and columns on uh, townhall.com. Kurt, always a pleasure catching up with you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot for having me. You got it. Kurt Schlichter from townhall.com. Again, he's a senior columnist there. We'll get a timeout. It's late. It's 1025 on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty nine. Short segment here, obviously, just a minute. But let's give it to TJ in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer, before the bottom. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, listening to Schlichter there, uh, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. And it doesn't surprise me, you know, both of us being combat infantry, how he thinks. I, too, am sick of this left. I'm sick of these, uh, their threats. You know, like that human pig, Joy Behart, yesterday on The the View, calling for the incarceration of all Republicans in that libtard audience starting to, uh, to cheer with it. Schlichter's absolutely right. Quit your talking. Quit your threatening threatening bring it on let's do it let's settle this thing once and for all and i'm all for that and i agree with them i would rather die on a pile of hot brass than submit to, in his words these commie punks tj i had a feeling you might agree with kurt schlichter in method and in message i completely concur uh, i really do but like i said i don't know if i want to have this fight only because of what it does to you know the opportunity to get more things done by which the president might be reelected. In other words, if we have to have an impeachment fight for the rest of 20, uh, 2019 and an impeachment fight for a large part of 2020 before the November 2020 election, that's less opportunity the president has to implement more changes to get us even further uh, e- economically and beyond. And that's the thing. He has accomplished so much in a short time in office thus far to get this economy roaring, jobs, uh, wages, and so on and so forth. It just gets in the way. And that's their goal. Their goal is distract him from doing the job that he's doing right now. Maybe things will slow down a little bit and we can say, aha, look at that. Trump isn't, uh, you know, providing you with those great economic numbers anymore, and that's because he rode the first two years, he rode the coattails of the Obama economy, and when left to his own devices, it failed. They're going to try to distract him from doing his job, which allows them to stop him from getting a second term at his job. And that's the reason I kind of disagree and don't want the fight. Thank you so much for the phone call. Appreciate that. News now. More calls next, right here, AM 14th Empire. Ten thirty six. As we continue on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. As you might imagine, the president of the United States has been busy tweeting today, and that's because today is impeachment day. Not really the day they're going to file impeachment, but at least as I pointed out in hour number one, the day that the Democrats uh, are getting together. Nancy Pelosi has been pushing back against them, saying we shouldn't do this. Uh, this isn't something we can win anyway. It's not going to happen in the United States Senate, so this is foolish. Let's just beat him in 2020. But now the left has a little bit more to push her on because Don McGahn, White House counsel, has decided not to testify uh, at dire- the direction of the president, by the way, who is his, count- who is his client. Uh, and so now the Democrats are calling for impeachment. And they're going to have that meeting today, this morning, or they may be already in it. More Democrats are calling 
Uh, this is from the AP for impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump after his latest defiance of Congress by blocking his former White House lawyer from testifying on Tuesday. Now, I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to pause there and suggest this. Uh, because a guy that I respect a ton who has a lot more knowledge about this sort of thing than me with respect to the law and the Constitution is uh, Hugh Hewitt. Excuse me. He is a constitutional law professor, uh, and and I heard him say on Monday's program, it's just not done. Um, White House counsel is off limits to subpoenas from adversaries in Congress. It has never been done where a White House attorney has been subpoenaed to testify. So he is within his rights, says Hugh Hewitt, uh, both speaking of Don McGahn and the president to, to not do this or to, for the president to advise him to not do this. But nonetheless, back to the AP story now. <coughs> excuse me. A growing number of rank and file House Democrats license, or excuse me, let me do that again. A growing number of rank and file House Democrats incensed by former counsel Don McCann's empty chair in the Judiciary Committee hearing room are confronting Nancy Pelosi now, pushing her and other leaders to act. Their impatience is running up against the Speaker's preference for a more methodical, methodical approach, including already unfolding court battles. Pelosi summoned some of them, a small fraction of the House Democrat caucus, to a meeting of investigators Wednesday to assess strategy. Some other Democrat leaders, while backing Pelosi, signaled that the march to impeachment may at some point become inevitable. Quote, we are confronting what might be the largest, broadest cover-up in American history. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer told reporters, if a House inquiry leads to other avenues, including impeachment, so be it. Representatives Joaquin Castro of Texas and Diana DeGette of Colorado added their voices to the chorus. There is a political risk in doing so, but there's greater risk to our country in doing nothing, Castro said. This is a fight for our democracy. Tweeted to get the facts laid out in the Mueller report, coupled with this administration's ongoing attempts to stonewall Congress, leave us no other choice. Which is where I shall pause. <laughs> and just wonder once again what their brand of crack is. Uh, because it's either really, really expensive or it's dirt cheap. Because whatever the kind of crack it is that they're smoking is whacking them out of their minds. So I guess it just depends on what your goal is. She literally tweeted the facts laid out in the Mueller report, then said it leave us no other choice but to consider impeachment. The Mueller report exonerated the president on matters of collusion and on matters of obstruction because without collusion there can be no obstruction. The Mueller report is done. And now they want to do over on the Mueller report. We didn't like what the Mueller report found from Don McGahn, so we're going to start over and question Don McGahn. In other words, we're not going to stop until we get what we want, even though what we want doesn't exist. You know, there's an old adage. Somebody brought it up on the show today. The old statement about, um, maybe it was yesterday, it was cursing out. You're talking about uh, uh, the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result the next time. That's insane. I think this is a better definition of, ex- uh, uh, definition of insanity. The Democrats are going to continue to investigate until they find what they want. But what they want doesn't exist. That's insanity. I'm going to keep looking for something that doesn't exist. It's like reaching into my pocket, hoping to find $5,000 in a money clip. 
and my pocket's empty. I pull my hand back out, very disappointed, and I think, maybe it's there now. And I reach my hand back into my pocket, and it comes back still empty. How many times over the course of two years am I going to do that before I realize there's nothing there? How many times are these lunatics, TDS sufferers, Trump derangement syndrome sufferers going to keep reaching in their pocket looking for obstruction and collusion and realize it's just not there. Oh my goodness gracious, these people truly are insane. Uh, Esther is waiting in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Esther, go right ahead. Oh, thanks. I thank God for your program. Uh, first, first, I thank God for your program because of the daily education that does not require any tuition or pre-admission testing. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Very well done. No, no, no uh, adversity points needed to get in. <laughs> Second, I urge or uh, remind uh, the listeners to check the weekly PBS schedule for Tuesday night, Wednesday nights, uh, during the later prime time. Tonight's particularly relevant. Uh, it's called Supreme Revenge regarding the battle over the Supreme Court. These um, documentaries, it's from Frontline. They have uh, virtually a different subject every week but tonight Frontline's a good show uh sometimes i found this slanted but with uh peter kersenow having uh helping you tomorrow and friday uh, and not to compete with your presentation tonight but uh tonight's rebroadcast is on the world channel at nine and they're going to have interviews with senators and they're talking about so so-called undermined confidence in the institution of the Supreme Court. Well, I, I had mentioned previously that I'd read the uh, Mark Levin book, Men in Black, and I think Ben Shapiro has his own book, uh, Stolen Sovereignty. No, I, that's Dan, I, uh, Daniel Horowitz, Stolen Sovereignty. Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel yeah. Horowitz. The uh, program tonight is on ni- at 9 o'clock, the World Channel, Frontline, Supreme Revenge. And this, of course, re- very relevant to the or- abortion issue and so many other issues. And I got to tell you, I'm very, very worried. Thank you for the phone call. I'm very worried, very, very worried about that. Um, One of the things we had all been hoping is that if there ever came an opportunity for a challenge to Roe versus Wade and it comes back before the Supreme Court, we at all or a lot of us have been hoping that the, the two justices that President Trump was able to appoint and to get confirmed um, would would be the difference makers into protecting and preserving life and declaring personhood for the the uh, the baby that the mother is carrying. And I got to tell you, the more and more I watch Brett Kavanaugh, who I fought for, you know, in in whatever way that I can, <clears throat> the more and more that I watch Brett Kavanaugh and read and listen to his decisions in various court cases, the more I am convinced that a Roe versus Wade challenge right now will not change anything. It would it would be upheld because I don't think Kavanaugh is as conservative as people had hoped that he was. He is siding with the liberals on a number of issues, and the story I saw earlier today is even more troubling. The story I saw earlier today is about Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and the two of them being a lot more moderate, in terms of uh, siding with the the Democrats or the liberals on the court uh, than anybody realized. And that is troubling to me. And again, not that I want somebody who is a blatant partisan. What I wanted and I've always wanted on the Supreme Court is um, strict originalists, individuals 
justices with experience and understanding of the Constitution and how it was written and why it was written that way rather than interpreting it under modern norms or by way of modern norms. It's not a living, breathing, we can change it around and change the meaning of things as we go. This is what the uh, you know, most important thing is when we, when we elect America, or excuse me, Republican presidents and say we want originalists who are going to stick by the tenets of the Constitution um, as it was written, rather than changing it to meet modern standards and modern norms. And right now, uh, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried. Not going to say I know how they're going to vote or what the case because is it Alabama that reaches the court? Is it Georgia? Is it Missouri? Is it Ohio? Which of those cases is going to meet the, meet the uh, reach of the Supreme Court on behalf of all of the other states that are passing restrictive abortion bans? Um, if and when that time comes, I don't know how it's going to turn out because we don't know which one it's going to be. But I'm a little bit less secure in the, in the belief that uh, life will win than I was before because of these two individuals. Let's go to uh, Strongsville next, and that's where... No, I'm sorry, it's not Strongsville. Bob, you're going to have to hang on a second, because BJ has been waiting longer, and I try to be fair and equitable in my phone call distribution. Uh, North Homestead, BJ, go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Very good program this morning. I'd like to draw your audience's attention to a program that was on last night, 11 o'clock, on Channel 5 ABC News. You can go online to get what was on. And the story was about several people that rented cars from Hertz Rent-A-Car, and they were all arrested because they were either you know, claimed to be in a stolen car or the car was not returned properly. And I thought it was very interesting because it's starting to show the disrespect toward the American public. And I connect a lot of this attitude with the socialistic movement in this country. There used to be a concern when businesses were concerned about the the, the, the pop uh, the the uh, people that used their services. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. And if you look at this story, you'll find out it was very radical. Uh, uh, North Olmsted grandmother, who I know very well, was one of the victims a year ago. She rented a car, took it to Canada. When she came back, she was arrested at the border because it was claimed the car was stolen. It was a Another car, a rental agency that was in the Hertz parking lot, and they let it out of the lot. And in effect, they told her to go to hell. It was her fault she got in the car. And the reason I bring this up, because this ties into this negative attitude toward the American public. Also, the reviving a couple TV shows from several years back. Um, um, and, and, and when I looked at this show, I realized it was uh, a negativity toward white people. If you, uh, uh, they were uh, the grouchy guy that used to be. Um, I all can't in the family. The You're yeah, talking about all, all in, the, in family? the family. And then the, the one with the black couple that was on too. The Jeffersons. Very good shows back then, but it is that they're reviving these to point out how miserable white people are, particularly white men. So there is a lot of things that are changing in our country, and I think I think the American public is being forced into becoming more aware. And today, your program pointed out a lot of those excellent points. Thank you so much for your time. Talk to you soon. Yeah, BJ, thank you for the call. I'm very interested to see how they portray those two uh, those two programs. Those were groundbreaking programs because they they addressed racial issues in the 1970s, which of course were very different than where they are today. Because you know, in the 1970s, we were barely a decade, you know, from the passage of the Civil Rights Act. But they addressed racial issues on All in the Family, which is Archie Bunker. 
and the Jeffersons with George Jefferson. They raised some, uh, 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 they uh, raised some of those issues and dealt with them without Hollywood's current penchant for preaching, for full-on advancement of liberal causes. I mean, Meathead, Rob Reiner, who kind of is a meathead in real life because <clears throat> he is what his character was. He is a flaming liberal <clears throat> who is honestly just this side of flat-out communist, okay? Uh, he was, uh, you know, the liberal hippie, and Archie Bunker was the conservative, you know, patriotic, pro-military, you know, white guy on that show. And they they kind of waged it in a humorous way where sometimes Archie looked stupid and sometimes the meathead looked stupid. Um, they had battles between Archie, the grumpy white guy, and George Jefferson, the grumpy, uh, anti-honky black guy. And I thought Hollywood back in the 1970s treated the issues they raised, whether they be war, MLK's assassination, uh, all of those kinds of things, I thought they treated it with, here's both sides and how a lot of people feel. And you go ahead and, and experience that for yourself and decide how you feel about it, rather than what today's Hollywood does, which is blatantly changing the stories uh, and and writing news stories that with an intention to make you feel a certain way, which is anti-conservative, pro-liberal, pro-socialist, pro-communist, pro-everything else. So my point to that is, I saw that advertisement yesterday. It is tonight. I can't remember what channel though. Is it is it ABC? It might be ABC. But they're reviving for at least one night only both of those shows with modern casts. Woody Harrelson is going to play Archie Bunker, who was, of course, so famously played by Carol O'Connor. I think um, Marissa Tomei is going to play Edith. Uh, they've got, I think it's Jamie Foxx is going to be the George Jefferson character who was played by Sherman Hemsley. They're going to remake it. For at least a day, I don't know if it's a one-time. I don't think it's going to be a regular series. I think it's a one-time special where they're going to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, have these two shows. It's going to be on tonight uh, at around nine o'clock. I think it is. I've got the DVR set to record it because I'm going to be speaking tonight at the Cuyahoga County Valley Republicans. Uh, Cuyahoga, let me rephrase: not Cuyahoga County, Cuyahoga Valley Republican CVR at the Brexville Community Center at seven o'clock, and I hope you can come out. <clears throat> but. Um, I want to know if they're going to treat them the way they were treated in, in the 70s or if they're going to give them the 2019 spin and everything is made to look make Archie Bunker look worse, look like a bigot, look like an idiot, to make the meathead look smart, to make the, you know, make, you know, make Archie Bunker will probably have a Make America Great Again hat on uh, because he's Donald Trump supporter and Donald Trump supporters are bigots and stupid. Um, the virtuous Black Lives Matter movement is going to be represented by George Jefferson. I just wonder what they're going to do with it tonight. Because Hollywood can indeed have quite an influence and an impact on how a lot of people feel. And that's, uh, that's, that's disturbing. Like I said, it was one thing when they kind of just presented, here's how America is right now. There are black people who are fighting with white people, arguing about this, that, and the other. There are racial strife and racial tension, but they didn't preach and say, this is who's right and who's wrong. They just said, this is going on. And we watched it and said, yeah, that mirrors where we are. 1052, final segment of the broadcast coming right up after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Free. 
Final segment indeed, 1056. I started to go to Bob and Strong's, though, before I went to BJ and then got on a riff about uh, All in the Family and the Jeffersons. So, Bob, thanks for hanging in, man. I really do appreciate uh, no it. Problem, You're on Bob. the air now. Go right ahead. Okay, just two points. I, you always call the, the Democrats the, the party, the, the pod party. You know, yeah, I call them the pod, the party of death. If it would be interesting if people go back. This is this. You triggered my thoughts when I, I like movies. It's a 1956 movie called The Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Kevin McCarthy. Right. And they're pods. And what they do is when you fall asleep, they put a pod under it and they put a, a, an imposter of you. It replicates you. And they're mindless and emotionless. So they're led by one thing. They just follow. And that's what and that would be what the Democratic Party wants all of us to do is just listen and follow. So that's the, that's kind movie. of yeah that's kind of the double meaning I was going for. I'll be honest with you, 100 percent honesty. I did not see Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I know it's a super famous movie. It's a, it's an iconic uh, classic movie. But I do know that that it was about pods, and I and I think generally speaking, that's kind of what we refer to. You know, people who are non thinking, non feeling, they just kind of follow along and do what they're told. Their pod thing, and it it just is there a more perfect double meaning than that and the acronym Party of Death for the Democrat and Fan side party it's it just seems to fit they they are non-thinking and non-feeling well actually overly feeling but they just follow and do what they're told right one one other point about that was point of interest for me was when uh biden was giving a speech he went to california and had a fundraiser out there with with ashley hollywood and some big corporations and it was unique he came back in pennsylvania and said what we need to do is is to is to take care of everybody for health you know whether they're illegal or illegal and he said, what we've got to do is build more clinics. We've got to have more clinics to serve these people. Well, wasn't it amazing that where he went, where the, where the party was held for him in California, was the head of the Kaiser Foundation for Kaiser Permanente and build clinics. He's being paid right there. Wow. Yeah. That, excuse me. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, Bob, that's a, it's a great point. It's a great phone call. I'm glad you made it. I really do appreciate that. Um, listen, uh, there, is a, there is a fight for control of this country. Between the Republican Party, the Conservative Party, the Patriot Party, the American Party, and the POD, the Party of Death, the PPO, the Party of Perpetual Outrage, the POSs, the Perpetually Outraged Debt Society. That fight is what's going to decide the future of this country for your, for your children and your grandchildren. And that's what we're in the middle of right now. And that's what I'm going to discuss tonight at the um, uh, Cuyahoga Valley Republicans meeting at the Brexville com- I'm glad the show's ending because I'm just suddenly unable to speak very clearly with my throat. Sorry about that. Uh, at the uh, Brexville Community Center at 7 o'clock. So if you've never been to one of their meetings, please come and see us. Come and join us. I'll be taking a lot of questions. I'm going to give a presentation talking about this fight between uh, the two sides. And uh, uh, I really, really think it's wonderful if we get together in a grassroots fashion and really organize together. So that'll be happening tonight. And then we'll have a recap of it all tomorrow right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight. Night at CVR. Enjoy the silence.